This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. Welcome back to Shareable. I'm your host today, Michelle Moore. My guest is Jeff Gibbard, and I'm really happy to have him. He's a great leadership coach, a fantastic keynote speaker, a handsome keynote speaker, and a podcast host. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Jeff, my first question is, how are you arriving today? How am I arriving today? I'm not even sure I know how to answer that question. I mean, I suppose I arrived via Zoom. Um, but if you mean like, how am I showing up in general? I think uh, I've, had, I've had a decent showing today. I, uh, I had a rough gym session this morning, came back looking like I got hit by a truck. Uh, kind of basically have arrived at almost all of my meetings a little disheveled, a little slightly off my game, but I'm still holding it together. I think I'm doing an okay job. I, I hope that it. answered the question. Was that the you nailed the it? Awesome, awesome. You nailed it. Thank you. So we've had a conversation about productivity and effectiveness before, mm-hmm. and so I noticed that you are a productivity expert, especially using the tool Asana, and you help people with productivity. But I'm very curious about your view on productivity, what it means to you, and maybe can I convince you to shift from using the word productivity to using the word effectiveness? Uh, it's almost a guarantee that you can convince me to change that. I will say my only pushback on changing the usage of the word is that um, you sometimes have to use the word that people know rather than the word that's most effective. So I was in social media for a very long time and I was like, I'm talking about social business, which is part the usage of social media for business applications, but also social enterprises that are out to make the world a better place and not just for, for profit. So, but people weren't searching for that. So nobody would look for me for that. Nobody introduced me that way. So it didn't matter. So I agree with you. I don't know if I'll actually be able to change it in my marketing entirely, but I appreciate and will probably use effectiveness. Now, uh, the original question you had asked me was my view on productivity. And I think the key distinction for me and how I think about productivity is I think of productivity as a personal, um, uh, it's something personal, not organizational. So productivity is largely a, a tool of the organization to extract more uh, work product from their labor. And I tend not to think of productivity in that way. For me, productivity has been a, a personal mission to accomplish more of the things that are important in my life. So embedded for me in productivity is um, an unspoken aspect of producing and working on what is important. So there's, a, is, there's an element of um, priority in there, not just quantity. Um, and the reason why I do this. And the reason why I'm involved in it is because I think if you have, if you have the belief as I do that you get one shot at life and you have something that you want to accomplish, you need every tool at your disposal to allow you to get closer to accomplishing that result. So for me, productivity is just simply a set of tools that allow you to accomplish your life's work more effectively and with a higher uh, degree of probability that you'll actually get there. 
I love that answer. And you also, in your answer, in your your own definition of productivity, you also use the definition of effectiveness and you brought in purpose and social impact and and all of it. So very holistic approach. I have huge respect for that. It makes me ask the question too about the word love. So you're about, you're writing a book or about to publish a book called Mm -hmm. The Lovable Leader. Mm -hmm. And I love that you have the courage to bring in this word lovable. And I'm wondering how did that arise? The title of the book, the idea, and, and in particular, this, this use of the word lovable. Oh God. It, there's, and how are you defining lovable? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much here, right? So um, I just uh, recently completed a book um, by Brene Brown called The Power of Vulnerability. And in it, one of the many great things in the book is she defines um, love. She defines a number of different things about love because she, one of the things she does is she tends to define things. So she, she uses, uh, several different terms, four different, uh, attributes that define love kind of across the board in people she surveyed, trust, respect, kindness, and affection. And I had already written my book and, um, the three pillars of lovable leadership are trust or are care, trust, and safe travels. So to be a lovable leader, you have to care about your people. You have to care about them enough to, um, you know, uh, protect them from outsiders, protect them from themselves, protect them from each other, protect them from you. Uh, and you have to build trust. There has to be bonds of trust that really, really, uh, you know, are between you and them and between each other. And then you also have to set a destination and ensure that they get there safely. That's the leadership part is the destination and the safety getting them there. Right. So I already was, we were already speaking similar language, me and, uh, Dr. Brown. And, um, I really embrace this idea of uh, uh, trust, kindness, um, and um, uh, trust, respect, and kindness, right? I think that those are three really important things that if we had more of it at work, we would see work has become this meme of this thing that you're not supposed to like. It's like in the 50s and 40s, like, ah, my wife, meh, right? Like you're supposed to dislike it. And I just find, and here's the truth. I disliked every job I ever had, except for the ones where I've been self-employed. It's the only ones I've ever been like, okay with, or the ones where I work for myself. And I think part of that is just, we have such, uh, we have such a toxic work culture. And I think what we really need is more love because our primary focus is on revenue generation right now across the board in business. It's like all that really matters is to make more money, make more stuff, do more. But if we brought love into the picture, if we brought the idea that we have to care for one another, we have to care for our environment. We have to care to create workplaces that are inclusive for everyone. Like we need to literally create workplaces where it's not just about a few people winning, but about everybody winning. I think, I don't understand why that's not the conversation truthfully and where it really came from, like the, the genesis of the idea. Um, you know, I don't, I don't generally believe in, um, like lightning striking, you know, apple falling from the tree and, you know, epiphany type thing. But I was driving back from Annapolis with my wife. We had just gone and had a, a weekend with friends. We were driving back and she had just moved into a role where she was managing people. It was her first role where she was managing people. And I had had many years where I had managed people. So she was asking me a number of questions. She had all these situations that were coming up. She had people who were, you know, uh, insubordinate in one way or another. And I didn't even hate the word insubordinate because I don't like subordinate, but had people who were difficult, right? Had people who would say inappropriate things at work, who wouldn't do their work, all of these different things. So I was just trying to tell her, like, here's how I would approach that conversation. And every conversation I would talk to her about was like, 
you know, I would give her an example. Here's how I would phrase it. And it was always non-judgmental to the other person. It was giving them the benefit of the doubt. It was trying to encourage them to take the actions that were valuable and important to the team. Not because you wanted them to, but because if you're going to be here, we want you to be able to, to find value in your work and to find, um, you know, purpose in the stuff that you're doing and try to connect their bigger purpose to the work that they're doing. And it was just all of these things that were kind of huggy feely in a certain way, like not stuff that leaders often think of. And she was like, oh, darling, you're just so lovable. Cause my wife's a Disney princess. Um, and um, I was like, that's it. The lovable leader. And it just kind of like struck me. And we spent from maybe like Baltimore or like, I don't know, like somewhere like Delaware uh, outlining the book from basically by the time we got from Delaware back to Philadelphia, I had the first outline of the book. So that's kind of how the whole thing came about was like, one, I just think that work is broken and we need to fix it. And I think the primary place to get there is just by treating people with trust, respect, and kindness, treating them with love. So I love that because you have the guts to also go with this wooey word, this word lovable, right? And I'm seeing a trend. So A year and a half ago, I was introduced to one of the leadership gurus, Canadian leadership gurus, Dr. Lance Secretan, and he's written a book on inspiring leadership, and he talks about love, and his clients are Microsoft and other big, big hitters, and he talks about love all the time and is is working on leaving, leaving his legacy to the large community that he's trained on his inspirational leadership. And um, in the last year, he has held these inspiration circles on Zoom where they say they love each other. You know, we, we say we love each other to the people on, on, online and, and the word love comes up all the time. So I've seen that trend just emerge quite loudly in, in that community over the last year and a half. And the other thing that you might be pleased to know about is, um, if you're not already tapped into this, is the whole movement of self-organization. So I'm part of this movement in Toronto, and it started with the book uh, by Frederick Leloux on reinventing organizations. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, organizations following holacracy. So, so going towards self-organization also includes this element of love towards self and love towards other. So I think you're building you're building on a movement that is slowly, slowly, slowly finding its voice. I had no idea. That was, I, I'm going to need you to send me something about that because interestingly enough, it's so weird how things like this happen sometimes because I'll be having a conversation about something and then it'll come up later. So I had this idea earlier today in the shower where all good ideas happen um, called network because essentially what I've done is this, this stage of my career is I'm now a solopreneur and I partner with other solopreneurs, a lot of other solo. I have several other solopreneurs that we just do work together. I'm not becoming a part of their organization. They're not becoming a part of mine. We're not forming a company. We form these team ups and we do work together because we like each other, but we are each our own individual autonomous units. And we have, you know, love and respect and reverence for our own work by designing our own schedules and doing work that we care about and finding other people that we love and respect enough to do work with. And we join together and do work. So the idea is your network could be the future of work where each node in the network is a solo entity that does its work. You don't need these organizations. You don't need labor exploitation. You don't need a boss. You don't, you just find people you like to do work with and you join together to make things happen. Now, granted, it's not going to work for every Apple and Microsoft and product teams and whatever, but I do think there's a huge 
need out there for people who want to have flexibility and freedom. And I think there's only a, a few hurdles for it. And I think it would probably be like universal basic income and universal healthcare, but you're in Canada. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We might be moving in that direction, but yeah, that's a, it's a great example of self-organization um, happening, happening in collaboration. That's not under one legal entity. Right. Yeah. And I have about five books that I will send you uh, to yes. get started on that. And you, you'll be able to tap into virtual communities as well. And it may awesome. resonate with the other people in, in your network. I'm all about disrupting that status quo and taking things to a new level. Yeah. So the other thing that I was really in awe of, I have to say, is that you have this warning on your website about working with you. (laughs) And I thought, how did you get the guts to do that? And it just made me think, this is, this is great. I'm so, I'm so glad I read this warning because it means I'm also aligned (laughs) and and I don't have to worry that we're not aligned. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't know. I just started podcasting, right? I yep. think you're you're number ten that I've done, uh, you know, in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, I never, in some cases, I haven't been quite sure. Do I want to be on this podcast or not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've had so those you, how long have you had that on there? And and maybe describe for for the audience. Yeah. What it is? What is so, your warning about working with you? Yeah. So. Um, I'm so glad you brought this up. I really, I, I, I have not talked about this much, but so first let me give a shout out to where this came from. So there's a gentleman, uh, I'm sorry, let me start over. There's a person that I know, I, I forget um, their pronouns, so I don't want to misgender them, um, but I absolutely adore them. We're connected on Facebook and uh, it's Chris Farias and um, they own a design company called Unicorn Rebellion. Uh, out of, uh, they're out of Canada. I forget exactly where, um, but they have a warning as well. Um, and their warning is, is similar to this. It's like, very, like we are pro and we are like, this is who we are. And I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And actually in, in, this, in the same way that you saw mine and we're like, that's awesome. And maybe it'll inspire you to do something similar. I saw theirs and I was like, I'm doing that. And partly the reason I did it, uh, and I'm going to explain it to those listening if you've never seen it, and you, if you want to read it, it's on my website at jeffgibber.com, but uh, it's a warning for those who are considering working with me. And I put this in all of my proposals, by the way. This goes in every proposal before the, the price and all of that stuff, or maybe it's right after the price, but it's like in the proposal. I have this in here, and it is to filter out people that I do not want to work with whose values do not align with mine. And it's because... I don't have a boss that I can do stuff like this, but this is my company and I want to do work that I'm proud of. And I want to work with people who helping them makes me feel proud that I help them. So here's what the warning says. It says, I am an aspiring superhero. As a result, it should come as no surprise that I take a very strong position about what is right and what is wrong. And I will fight against the forces of injustice. This organization is unapologetically and fervently pro-equality and anti-discrimination. That means pro-LGBTQ+, pro-choice, anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-white supremacy, and anti-fascist. I believe that Black Lives Matter. I do not practice labor exploitation. I believe healthcare is a right, not a privilege. I'm an outspoken person who openly despises Donald Trump and his entire administration. These views are regularly expressed online and offline. I tell you all this up front because if any of this is a problem for you, I am happy to make an introduction for someone else who can help you. I am not trying to judge people who will walk away from this, although I definitely am. But the thing is, I just want you to know that if you need help, I'm just not going to be the person to do it. And I will make 
a recommendation of somebody else who I know and love who may not have those same strong convictions against these things or for these things. But I cannot hold myself out as a superhero. I cannot hold myself out as a lovable leader who preaches care, trust, and safe travels if I'm not living that in every area of my business. I need to make sure that the people that I work with know that I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, that I will turn away work. I don't care how much, if somebody comes in, they have a million dollar contract and they read that and they go, well, I'm going to say, sorry, because that's, that's on my website for a reason. I put it out there because I want anyone to know, no matter how big their budget is, that these are things that are, that are fervently like believed and I'm not going to budge on them. So, and part of it is like, I don't want people like looking at my Twitter later on and being like, Oh, like, no, it's my Twitter. Okay. You have a problem with it? Like you shouldn't have read the, the thing in the proposal. I applaud you and you've inspired me to do something similar. And you've also, I think, helped me communicate that this is okay to do to my daughter, who's a social entrepreneur. And we've been having these conversations about, she says, you know, mom, we really don't want to do work with, um, it's video editing and graphic illustration and design work. She said, we don't want to do work with companies who want us to edit videos that are inappropriate. We, we only want to do work with companies who are also purpose-driven or social impact-driven. Yep. Um, but I think this example will also inspire her to put that on the website. So yeah. I just want to well, thank I you. So. I've never I- seen anything like it. Awesome. Well, again, uh, shout out to Chris Farias and apologies if I misgendered you before. Um, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Chris and Chris is a rabble rouser on Facebook and I absolutely love it. Um, but when I saw the unicorn rebellions, uh, warning, I was like, yep, doing it. Gave me permission. I was like, I've never seen, I had, I thought of it, I would have done it first, but I hadn't even thought of it. I hadn't even thought, Oh, you can do that. And, um, you know, in this phase of my career, I was really committed to, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And I'm going to live and die with those consequences. If I, if this pushes away every bit of business and I starve because of it, so be it. That's what it is. But at least I'm being principled about it. And I will figure it out if, if that becomes the case. But so far, every person that's read it, that that's done work with me has either said, that's not a problem or that's amazing. It's beautiful design. It's beautiful language. It's beautiful design. That's just my opinion. So I'll Thank just, you. I'll Thank just you. leave it at that. Um, I don't know how much time we have left, but it's as much as you'd like. It's your show. Ah, oh, this is, this is beautiful. So I wanted to ask you about superhuman abilities. You list them as learning, thinking, communicating, leading, and realizing. Did Ooh. I forget one? No, I got you them all. Didn't, okay. But so, I want to, I need to clarify that I'm not saying that those are superhuman abilities. Okay. I mean, I am, but I'm not. So technically the way that I think of it is those are the superhuman meta abilities, meaning those are the pathway to acquiring any superhero, superpower that is. The superpowers are acquired through the process of learning, thinking, communicating, leading, and realizing. That's the process. It's almost sequential. You first have to start by learning it that learning the skill of learning is in and of itself a superpower. If you can learn things more quickly, more effectively, amazing. Learning doesn't stop at learning because uh, learning has to evolve and continue into thinking. You can't just take what is, you have to actually process it, synthesize it, internalize it, make something new from it, examine it critically, examine it creatively. So you have to turn it into something new. It's that whole uh, uh, Picasso quote, good artists copy, great artists steal. You have to take the idea and make it your own 
by really understanding it, internalizing it, and then repurposing it. And then you have to be able, once you've done that, to communicate it to others. If you can't communicate the idea, it's just locked in your head, the learning and the thinking, it can never become anything without communication. And communication is your ability uh, to, to transmit information and data to other people and ideas, inspire them, motivate them, and that leads you into leadership. And if you can take something that you've learned, think about it, communicate it to others, and then lead them to doing something, once you add the final piece, which is realizing, making something happen, being effective in implementing ideas through leadership and communication and having thought about it and knowing it deeply, you can start a movement. You can do absolutely anything. So I think of these five meta abilities, they're abilities themselves, but they are the abilities in which you can learn anything. You want to learn sales, learning, thinking, communicating, leading, and realizing. You want to learn uh, surfing, same thing. Like literally any individual skill goes to this, but if you want to learn, uh, you know, a, a real true superpower, like become extraordinary at something, you go through this process. So I love five-step methods, as you know, yep. uh, and you've talked about frameworks and methods on other shows that you, you love them too. Love them. I wanted to dive though into realizing a little bit more. I was really yeah. curious about if you put realizing impact or purpose and how do you define that? So I see purpose as coming earlier in the process because I see it as part of, of leadership and of communication. Uh, communication would include brand and, and a lot of other things for me. Um, impact, I would say, is the product of all of these. But for me, the way that I define realization is it's the act of putting all of this into action. It is, it is the action step. So realization is, I guess you could even say acting, right? Or like action, but that's really what that's about. So it includes uh, productivity, motivation, focus, um, you know, coordination. It's, it's a lot of the actual rubber meets the road. So like, I would say like um, thinking and communication fit a little bit into strategy, whereas like leading and realizing fit more into tactics. Maybe not, maybe it's leadership is the point at which pivots. But yeah, realizing is to me, it's like, it's great to have ideas. And I think at the leading point, you're still relying upon other people to execute things. Whereas realizing you are, you've mastered abilities to actually coordinate those things happening. Okay, it's interesting. Cause my interpretation when I read it was along the lines of, oh, realizing social impact. And also when I saw your social impact work or the volunteer work that you do in mental mm -hmm. health, et cetera, I thought, oh, this is interesting. Maybe this is connected. Maybe he's connecting the value chain of what he's doing into social impact. And I'm always oh. curious about people doing that or not. Um, so I'm wondering if you were to list, um, you probably know about the 17 social um, sustainable development goals. I th think that I do. Cause I read donut economics and I feel like it was in that. Yes. It also, would have been there. Yeah. Okay. Because it looks like your social, so correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I, I love looking at websites and trying to see what do I understand about a person and then getting to talk to you is just a pleasure. Um, you do volunteer work mm -hmm. and you give money to charitable organizations mm -hmm. and you're, working with the Council for Relations and the mental health space. And so that is actually, I think that's SDG number three, good health and well-being. So mental mm -hmm. health falls into that 
uh, sustainable development goal. And because I've been in this social innovation space and this self-organization space in Canada for the last 10 years, I'm finding that companies more and more, whether they're in philanthropy, nonprofits, or for-profits, even if they don't define themselves as social entrepreneurs, they are linking some of their either philanthropic contributions or charitable contributions or some of their work to sustainable development goals. So when I saw realizing mm. that was what I, I wondered in the back of my mind, oh, is he on that? Is he in that space? So I hadn't thought of that, but I actually really like the addition of not just the action and coordination and the productivity effectiveness side of things, but also looking back on and connecting to the larger purpose I do really like that. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the part uh, with the superhuman framework about the superhero code, but that's about taking those thing, those meta abilities and directing them towards kind of like the right direction, basically, like towards yeah. hero heroism, not villainy. Um, but I do like that as an addition to the concept of realizing. So I'm going to I'm going to chew on that. I think you've given me something to really think about there. Yeah, it's just it's just my own interpretation. It's sort of my own like projecting what I thought it thought it could be. Uh, That's speaking, great. Look, I am wide you. open. On, like, so I put things out into the world, and I am not uh, particularly. Um, my clutches are not like tightly gripped on them. I bring ideas out there, and I want to discuss them because my my ultimate goal is not that I'm right about something. My ultimate goal is that I help make an impact on something. I help change something for the better. And if I'm wrong along the way towards that, so be it. Uh, or if I forget something along the way, so be it. Um, everything that I've learned in the last like three or four years about like race and gender and uh, inclusiveness and all of that is like stuff that I did not know before that. And, you know, I have to live with the fact that I did not know those things. And now I'm, I'm better equipped. And right now there's hundreds of thousands of things about even that topic or others that I think I know about that I don't know about. So I have to be okay with that. So when somebody sees something that I've put out in the world and says, hey, this is how that struck me and causes me to think about it. That's amazing. You've just helped me improve it. My, my superhero code, I had a, a friend of mine look through it to make sure that the language in it was one that was not just like, hey, this is for white dudes. And he helped immensely change the perspective on, on how each of the codes, uh, each of the elements of the code were written so that it was actually something that, that came from a more uh, open uh, uh, position. Very oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you, you offering that. I'm going to chew on that for sure. Yeah, it was just a curiosity. So cool. Um, so in reflecting, so if we pause, I'll allow you to pause for a moment, just taking a pause, taking a breath and reflecting on this conversation. What comes up as a summary statement conclusion for this show? Um, I, I, I have two. Can I give you two? Sure. Okay. I would say the first one would probably be that it's really nice to talk with people who are working towards similar goals and ambitions, who have similar values, who are aligned in the way that they see the world, that sort of thing is just always really nice um, because I think that especially if you're out trying to do important work or work that you think is important, it can often feel very lonely if you don't connect with other people who are out trying to do same sort of thing, right? So I, I would say one felt very validated, very seen, very connected. It was really nice from that standpoint. So I would say that's the first one. 
And I would say if I had a second one, I would probably say shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.